the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome. You are listening to Hope and Faith Ministry, a broadcast of the historic People's Baptist Church in Boston, New England's oldest African-American church. Hope and Faith Ministry features the inspirational sermons of my father, Dr. Wesley Roberts, Senior Pastor at People's Baptist Church. We're so glad you're here. Dr. Roberts has a powerful message of hope and love for your life and mine. Now enjoy this broadcast of Hope and Faith Ministry, brought to you from People's Baptist Church of Boston. Amen. Good morning, People's Baptist Church family, and to all of our guests. Good morning, and we trust that you will be able to enjoy this worship service from wherever you are, in the United States or abroad. We are delighted that we have so many people who join us on Sunday mornings for this live stream worship service coming to you from the Sanctuary of People's Baptist Church of Boston. The title of the message today is What the Bible Says About Forgiveness. This past week, our country mourned the death and celebrated the life of an American treasure, Congressman John Lewis of Georgia. Much has been said and written about this larger-than-life figure, whose faith in God provided the strength and the motivation to face life in the face of cruelty. As a follower of Jesus Christ, John Lewis believed that forgiveness was an important and necessary part of the life of faith, and he practiced it. The story is told that many years after being so terribly beaten during the Freedom Rides, a former Klansman, Edwin Wilson, came forward to ask for Congressman Lewis's forgiveness for having been the perpetrator of that attack in 1961. Congressman Lewis freely granted his forgiveness. And that is what his Lord expected of him as a Christian. As sinful men and women, we all need forgiveness and we all need to forgive others. This was central in the teaching of Jesus as we can see from his teaching and prayer in Matthew chapter 6, and particularly verse 12 and verse 14, where Jesus says, And forgive us our sins, as we have forgiven those who sin against us. If you forgive those who sin against you, your Heavenly Father will forgive you. Let us take a moment just to look at two misconceptions that a lot of people have about forgiveness. 
The first is that forgiveness is conditional. The Bible is clear in its teaching that genuine forgiveness is not conditional but unconditional. It is not something you earn or deserve. It is not something you get as part of bargain if you promise never to do it again. When you tell someone, I will forgive you if, that's not forgiveness. You are bargaining, not forgiving. Genuine forgiveness is unconditional. It is offered even if it is not asked for. When Jesus hung on the cross, he prayed, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. At that point, nobody had asked for forgiveness. Certainly, nobody deserved it. Nobody had bargained or bartered for it. It was an unconditional offer of forgiveness. But the second misconception is that forgiveness is forgetting what happened. We have all heard the cliche, forgive and forget. There's one problem with that. You can't do it. It doesn't work. It's impossible for you to forget everything that has happened. The more painful something is, the less likely it is that you are going to forget it. Scientists tell us that our brain is like a giant warehouse filled with thousands and thousands of file folders, and we never really forget anything. The more important an event is in your life, the more likely it is that you will remember it. You don't forget anything. It is there, stored in your, in your memory. There is, however, something better than forgetting. It is remembering, but not feeling the pain. Remembering, but seeing how God worked in it anyway. Remembering and seeing how God brought good out of bad. Remembering how you grew in character as a result of what happened. How it made you sensitive to the hurts and needs of others. How it changed the direction in your life at a crucial point. And how things you have today would not have happened if it hadn't been for the event. There's something far better than forgetting. It is remembering and realizing the sovereign grace of God is working all things together for the good of those who love him. When I remember a hurt and remember what God has done in spite of it, then I really can give thanks and praise to God. So forgiveness is not forgetting because you probably will never forget the hurt that you have suffered. But let us look now at the, the truth about, about forgiveness. Charles Stanley defines forgiveness as giving up resentment or anger against someone along with your right to get even, no matter what has been done to you. Now, the Bible says real forgiveness involves four things. First, remember how much you have been forgiven. 
remember how much you've been forgiven. In Ephesians chapter 4.32, the Apostle Paul says, Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. We are not forgiven because we earned it or deserved it. We are not forgiven because we promise never to sin again. We are forgiven because we have placed our faith in Jesus Christ who died on the cross, took our sins upon himself so that we could be forgiven. This is the starting point for genuine forgiveness. If you don't feel forgiven, you will not want to forgive anybody else. If you are hard on yourself, you are going to be hard on others. But the more grace you receive from God, the more gracious you are going to be to, to others. The more forgiving you feel by God, the more forgiving you are going to be to others. Forgiveness starts with remembering how much you have been forgiven. All of us have been forgiven a lot. But the second point is that you relinquish your right to get even. That in, in genuine forgiveness, you have to relinquish your right to get even. The Apostle Paul tells us in Romans chapter 12 and verse 19, Dear friends, never take revenge. Leave that to the righteous anger of God. For the scriptures say, I will take revenge, I will pay them back, says the Lord. Notice the verse says, don't try to get even. Don't try to retaliate. Don't, don't um, seek revenge. Leave that up to God. But someone will say, if I forgive the person who hurt me, it means that I give up my rights to get even. Well, that's exactly what forgiveness is. You absorb the pain yourself without having to retaliate as John Lewis did. And someone would say, well, that's unfair. But who said forgiveness is fair? You see, there's a word for fairness. It is called justice. Justice is fair. Forgiveness is grace. You don't deserve forgiveness. You deserve justice. Aren't you glad God doesn't give you everything you deserve? None of us would be here today if that were true. We always want justice in everybody else's life, but we don't want it in our own. God is gracious to us, and he wants us to be gracious to others. Why do we give up the right to get even? Because God says he will repay those who deserve it. Life is not fair, but one day God is going to settle the score. One day God is going to close the books. He's going to balance the ledger. He's going to even the odds. He's going to right the wrongs that we see even in the societies as we deal with the injustices and the racism that's uh, 
a part of American society and even within the church. See, God is the God of justice, and he's going to even the score on that day. Who can get better justice, you or God? Who can do a better job divvying up or out payments? God says, let me handle it. Let me the person to render justice. You just relax. And in the meantime, let me fill you with my grace and let me put your heart at peace. When you're holding on to a hurt, you are only hurting yourself. So relinquish the right to get even. But the third point is that you respond to evil with good. You respond to evil with good. Jesus said in Luke chapter 6, 27 and, and 28, But to you who are willing to listen, I say, love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who hurt you. How can you tell when you have genuinely forgiven somebody? You can pray for God to bless that person. When you come to the point where you can actually pray, bless that person who hurt me, you'll know forgiveness is complete in your heart. When you can look at their hurt and not just your own. Hurt people hurt others. We hurt other people because we are hurting ourselves. If somebody hurts you, it is most likely they are hurting on the inside. And so when you have genuinely forgiven a person, you can look past the ways they have hurt you and see how they are hurting and how that hurt is part of the reason they chose to hurt you. Out of their hurt, they begin to hurt others. So when you can look at their hurt, you know you have genuinely forgiven them. When you can pray for God to bless them, when you can do good to those who hate you, when you can bless those who curse you, you are responding to evil with good. You say, how could I ever do that? That's impossible. Of course, we don't think that we can do that to someone who has hurt us badly. You can't unless you allow the love of God to penetrate every fiber of your being. It is something that God has to do in you for you to be able to forgive someone who has hurt you. Only the love of God could cause you to do something like that. As Paul tells us in 1 Corinthians chapter 13 and verse 5, Love is not rude, is not selfish, and does not get upset with others. Love does not count up wrongs that have been done. You see, that doesn't mean you forget the wrongs. It just means you don't use them as ammunition. It means you don't 
pull them out and use them to retaliate. What most of us like to do is forgive a hurt, but we hold on to it and stockpile it. Later on, if we do something wrong and get accused, and uh, the person says, you did this, then we can say, but you did this. The Bible says, love keeps no record of wrongs. And we have to be so careful that we don't keep dragging up the past, the wrongs that have been committed, the sins that we have forgiven, or else it will uh, destroy us eventually. But the fourth thing about forgiveness is that you repeat the process as long as necessary. You repeat the process as long as necessary. Forgiveness is not a one-shot event. How long do you have to keep forgiving a person? You do it as long as the feeling of revenge keeps coming back. Peter asked that question of Jesus in Matthew chapter 18, 21, and 22. It says, then Peter came to him and asked, Lord, how often should I forgive someone who sins against me? Seven times? No, not seven times, Jesus replied, but 70 times seven, which means 490 times. It's the point Jesus is making is that you forgive for as long as it takes until you let it go. You have to keep forgiving that person until the pain stops and the desire to get revenge goes away. If someone really hurts you, it's going to take more than once to forgive them because the memory is going to keep coming back. You have to repeat the process as long as necessary. You say, I've forgiven the person who hurt me, then why do I still hurt? You have to keep forgiving the person until you know you have released them. Genuine forgiveness is, is never easy. Someone listening to me today may be carrying some deep hurts. When you think about that person who hurt you, it is still as fresh as if it happened this morning. The pain is still there, and you are still filled with resentment. So what do you do? How are you going to get on with your life? You say, why in the world should I forgive that person who hurt me so badly? We ought to do it for three reasons. One, because God has been gracious to us. If you can't forgive, then you need to pause a minute and realize how much God has forgiven you. You will never have to forgive anyone more than Jesus has already forgiven you. God has been gracious with you, with all of us. And the Bible says because we have been forgiven by Christ, therefore we have an obligation we are compelled to forgive those who hurt us if we want to share the mind of Christ and to follow him. But the second 
reason is because the alternative to forgiveness is bitterness. Scientists tell us, tells us that the most unhealthy emotion there is is the emotion of resentment. It always hurts you more than the other person. It's like cancer is going to eat you up eventually. You always hurt yourself more with bitterness than the other person. While you are stewing, while you're resenting, while you are thinking of retaliation, while you are rehearsing the pain over and over in your mind, that other person go on their merry way totally oblivious to what's going on. You are not hurting anybody but yourself when you harbor resentment. Resentment will not change the past. It is incapable of solving any problem. It doesn't even make you feel better. In fact, it makes you feel worse. It robs you of your joy. The writer to Hebrews in Hebrews chapter, chapter 12 and verse 15 says, Look after each other so that none of you fails to receive the grace of God. Watch out that no poisonous root of bitterness grows up to trouble you, corrupting many. Forgiveness is a two-way street. Do not burn the bridge that you have to walk across to get into heaven. Jesus says we cannot receive what we are unwilling to give. You say, I could never forgive that person. Then I hope that you will never, you'll never sin in the future. Because you're going to need forgiveness time and time again in the future from your Lord. What you say, I just don't feel like doing it. Well, do it anyway, because it is the right thing to do. The fact is, you're going to be hurt in life. The only question is, what are you going to do with those hurts? If you hold on to them, you will end up being a bitter person. To be forgiven by God is life's greatest blessing. For without it, there can be no real joy, nor peace, nor contentment, nor hope. Forgiveness is what puts hope in the heart, peace in the mind, and a song in the soul. Forgiveness brings joy to the sad, strength to the weak, blessing to the burdened, and inspiration to the discouraged. Forgiveness is a must in order to possess the hope of heaven and a vital requirement for one to enjoy divine blessings, spiritual benefits, and eternal privileges. Forgiveness reveals the majesty of God's mercy, the sufficiency of God's grace, and the depth of God's marvelous love. It is an absolute must for a marriage to mature, for a family to survive, for a church to function as a body of redeemed persons, as well as for an individual to be spiritually victorious. 
although one can make it into heaven without wealth, without fancy wardrobe, without a social position, without great talents, or without society's approval, no one can get there without God's forgiveness. Those who have been truly forgiven by God will also be forgiving to others. It is not too difficult to forgive somebody else if you have ever needed forgiveness yourself and received it. Blessed are the merciful, for they will receive mercy. And blessed are the forgiving, for they will receive forgiveness. Amen. Thank you for joining us here at Hope and Faith Ministry, a broadcast of the historic People's Baptist Church in Boston. We pray that you have been touched and inspired by today's message. People's Baptist Church is a Christ-centered, caring church located at 134 Camden Street at the corner of Camden and Tremont Streets. Our Sunday services are at 8 a.m. and at 1045 a.m. You can reach us at 617-427-0424. Come visit us in person or on the web at www.pbcboston.org. And tune in every Saturday morning at 1030 for another inspiring message of hope and faith.